Blog Talk Radio. I don't know if I dropped the call. Hi there, are you there?
Yeah, I'm here. Oh, yay. Okay, good. We got you back. All right, great. (laughs) As I was saying, welcome to the Thank Thank you so much for taking time to join us tonight. We're wondering, how are you being after all of that? Oh, my goodness. Well, how can you hear me? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you fine. And actually, we had you before, but you couldn't hear me. And I kept saying, Amelia, are you there? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> For heaven's sake. Well, this I, I called back four times. Evidently, we have some oh Christmas elves. There are elves yeah. doing okay. some tricky business. Um, You're being I'm naughty. From <laughs> naughty. I'm back in America after a nine-month world tour. So the book that you're talking about, T-Love, primarily takes place in Africa where I do charity work with the kids. So the goal of Archangel is to help generate some awareness in the next generation of children. So in in Africa, I'll go into the rural communities and into the schools and the churches, and we dance as lions, we draw lions, we make up theater about lions and poaching, so that these children understand there are other options and that the long-term solution is protecting the animals, getting jobs on the mm-hmm. safari parks, um, enabling the, the girls so that they stay in school, so that entire 50% of the workforce understands that they can actually get through school and get jobs. And in um, Zambia, we did it with the elephants, and now I'm taking people to Rwanda to see the gorilla. <sighs> so it's been quite a whirlwind, and this opening chapter starts in the wildest place of all. is called New Jersey. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> In the wildest place of all. So, if anybody reads this book and sees that I come face to face and have loving conversations with wild tigers and lions and elephants and great white sharks and black mamba, they have never been to New Jersey. Because if you want to be really scared, you want to be scared. Try to get into the grocery store and get parked at Christmas time in New Jersey. You will die. I know. I live here, but I wasn't born here. I was moved here by accident. No, the housewives. I didn't want to come. Here in Los Angeles, they will. The men in the minivans. They will not look behind behind them before they back out of the parking lot. I'm telling you, this is hazardous. Africa is it easy is. compared compared to this. <laughs> I guarantee that's true anywhere. Try to go to Christmas so shopping in America. True. You will die. Get out in that in that, in that traffic, <laughs> and they will kill you. It'll be somebody who's picking up a child, and you know that's that's dangerous compared to a black mama. Oh my goodness! Just, just and the go worst at part it is, a Jewish, a Jewish housewife in New Jersey, and you will die. <laughs> and the worst part is, on the bumper sticker it says "baby on board," and I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> You're texting and driving, and you care that your baby's on board? Because I'm thinking you don't. <laughs> the kids are not only oh going to grow goodness. up to be the most computer suit savvy children in the world, they're going to be on the Indy 500 because they're mm-hmm. the parents drive. Oh, my goodness. That is hysterical. It's true, though. <laughs> you know, your book is really fascinating. It's inspiring. It's It's hilarious. It's it's a fun read, and it takes the reader across the globe. So 
you are an animal communicator. How did you come to learn that you had the ability to speak with animals? Well, it, it happened in my early 20s, and it happened quite by accident. And I think that this is why I've spent the last 16 years on a world tour teaching it. Because I can, mm-hmm. I can have 100 people in a room in Switzerland or Germany or Austria or Brazil or South Africa or Mexico. It doesn't matter where I go. And I'll say, how many of you feel like you can't do it? You're going to be the only person in the room who can't do it. That would be me. And at least 75% of the hands go up. Yeah. And those 75% are the ones who shine because that humility is part of the process. One of the reasons that we can't connect easily with animals is because part of it is, is arrogance. We think we're better than them. And part of it is being very self-absorbed and not being able to get out of our own thoughts and emotions. So it's that negative turbulence, emotional turbulence, busy mind, obsession with self, or the arrogance of thinking, oh, yes, I can do this. Rather than coming in in service, And I started, the first workshop I ever took was from a woman named Beatrice Lidecker who had gone on the Johnny Carson show and made Edmund Mann cry on live television. Now, for me, I'm breaking new ground having done this in the Mm -hmm. last 20 years. B was doing it in the 70s. You can see her on YouTube on Letterman. And, you know, he's trying to take a piece out of her. And it is not working. Beatrice is Christian, and there Mm -hmm. is a foundation of truth in that woman and a humility in her that just, you can't knock her down, you know? Yep. And she was teaching out here in Los Angeles, and this is what my first book, Straight from the Horse's Mouth, is about. It's about my discovering the ability being completely blown away at the idea that I had it. And what I'm finding now with all my students is that everyone has intuition. Mm-hmm. Now, some people call it a sixth sense. And a better, mm-hmm. definition, a better definition for that, my second book was co-written by Captain Edgar Mitchell, the Apollo astronaut. And he gave me a lot of the lingo for the language of miracles. He gave me all the the analogies in quantum physics, he explained to me how energy is expelled and reabsorbed and Mm -hmm. how I simply pay attention to the energy that's being exchanged so I can read it the way you would get an email. Right. The way you would turn on a television or a radio and have a frequency, an invisible frequency traveling through the air that's going to have a receptor. Now, Dr. Mitchell calls this the first sense, not the sixth sense, because before every baby can talk, boy, can they think and feel. Mm, you know? That's what they're doing. Yep. They're going to let yep. you know it. Yep. And every <laughs> animal can think and feel. And they're emanating energy into the world around them. So they're sending out, we're sending out our thoughts, our emotions, our intentions. Now, in my early 20s, I was trained as a dancer. And I also had been meditating for most of my life. God bless my mother who used to leave the little Unity Church magazines on the back of the toilet. And if she hadn't, I don't know what I would have grown up to be, but I'm now expanding. We're starting Archangel Ministries online. I'm busy writing daily prayers, affirmations, lessons for your animals, how to connect with your animals. And I think my heart was just really open. And in that first workshop, yeah, it is. It is. And -hmm. and as we get older, the the, the challenge is keeping it open after, you know, life beats you down. 
And you've got to get back up and say, now, wait a minute. You know, I am created out of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is shining out of me in everything I think, say, and do. And I came here to help this planet. I didn't come here to get caught up in all the negativity and get drowned by it. And I think that's a lot of what this book is about. This book is about claiming our power again, even in very small ways, of trying to discover what can I do to help the animals today? What can I do to help the planet? What can I do to help Mm -hmm. the people in my life? Because it's all the same thing. But we have, you know, within us the receptor. There's a receptor within you that has a connection to, it's, I mean, the best analogy for me now is to say it's like getting online. Your body is your PC. And there's something in you that functions as an email receptor so that you can get online and you can get in contact with all the other living beings around you. If you think about it, whoever created the computers and created the World Wide Web was a human being, which means that came out of the human brain, which means Mm -hmm. it was already inside the human brain before it became a computer. So that means the capacity starts with us. And everybody out there who has a dog or a cat or a horse or a bird or anything for that matter, they know that that little animal is thinking and feeling and desperately trying to get their messages across. Mm-hmm. And there has it's, to be... It's hard. There's an on switch where you can learn how to turn on that radio so that you're not just sending out emails, you're listening. You're receiving. So... We create this bilateral energy that's coming in and out of our heart. And we're able to gather and receive information and read that information. Now, I'm sure it's happened to you. What, what kind of animals do you have at home? I have a cat. I have a Siamese cat. You... She's naughty. <laughs> oh, a Siamese cat, a female Siamese cat will get her point across. Then I'm not getting it because she's she's been for years, and I've tried everything. She's been for years just pooping wherever she wants, and it drives me crazy. It's like she has two litter boxes, and I keep saying to her, I don't understand what you want. You have to tell me. Mama just doesn't know. I'm not getting it. And I'm an energy therapist, so I pick up on my patient's energy all the time, and I'm reading it and, and giving them information, and I work on animals as well. But with her, I keep thinking maybe I'm just too close to her. Maybe I'm just not seeing it. I can't, I can't really get it because I don't know why she's doing it. There's nothing wrong with her. I bring her to the vet, and they say, there's nothing wrong with her. Why is she back here? Because she's still pooping wherever she wants. I don't get it. Where does and she, she want to just... go? Where does she like well, to go? Oh, anywhere in the house. Family room, dining room, living room, bedroom, under the Christmas tree skirts right now. You know, um, wherever she wants. It's, it's not like it's one place. And this is when it started. I will tell you when it started because I think there's a correlation. I built a labyrinth in my backyard, and I had a blessing ceremony for the labyrinth. And there are all kinds of animals that go into that labyrinth. You cannot see it from the house. It's like a secret garden. And I go in there, and there's black bears. The heron lands there. The, the rabbits run there. There's always animals. I mean, I walked into a black bear, literally. My, I backed up and was standing with my, my shin hitting a baby black bear, which was scary because where was mama? So I have a lot of animals in that, in that labyrinth. And the night of the, um, the, after the, I did the blessing ceremony and I came in the house, I found a pile of poop. And I was like, why is there poop in the dining room? <laughs> I didn't get it. And it's been happening ever since. This has been going on for five years. It's crazy. It's crazy that it keeps going on. And it just doesn't, it doesn't stop. I mean, every once in a while she'll use her litter box, but then there's other places. It's like she's marking her territory. No, she's marking her territory. I'll tell you what, my conscious mind going to say she doesn't like the litter, that there's something Mm -hmm. about it that she offends her sensibilities. It's not her thing. I had one female Mm -hmm. cat who always went in the bathtub, 
And okay. actually, I know a lot of kitties who do that, and it's actually quite convenient. But for ten years, it's very easy. For ten, but for ten years, she did it, and she was using her litter box for ten years. Well, in the wild, tigers will go in the river to mark to to lose their scent so that they can't be tracked. Uh, that's why cats can be trained to actually use a toilet with a litter box over it. Okay. In the wild, they'll go in water because it eliminates the scent and predators can't find them. But mm-hmm. in your case, I feel like she's saying, this is mine, that's mine, this is mine, that's mine. She can have now it all. She just needs to use a litter box. <laughs> Have a talk you know with I mean? her mm-hmm. and ask her, what are you trying to tell me that I'm not understanding? Because it's possible you've got some energies in your house that you can't see. Yeah, and oh, I'm she's sure. protesting that and trying to get you to see them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are. I, I, my work is two flights down, so I work out of my home. I have my, my wellness center is in my home, um, and I'm very fortunate to be able to do that. So she's here. So there's constantly a flow of energy between the crystal bowls, the reconnective healing therapy. You know, there's a lot of energy in this house. I mean, people walk in and they say, hey, if I get sick, can I come live here? And I tell them no. <laughs> you know, it's good energy for people. But I don't know if it might be too much for her. That's what I've always Sit down with her. I want you to go into a meditation where you're alone with her. And for your listeners, I would say if you've got a cat, do it on a couch. Turn off Mm -hmm. the television. Turn off the the TV. Have no distraction. And get yourself into a beautiful, deep state of breathing. And get your mind as silent as you possibly can. And we're changing the brain waves. So mm-hmm. we're, not, we're going alpha, beta, theta. The deeper you go, the more you're going to hear. And simply ask the cat, I love you. I love everything about you. I love you unconditionally. I'm not going to try to change you. I even love the behavior that I've been saying is wrong. That's fine that you do what you do. I know you have a reason to do what you do. Tell me what it is I haven't been able to hear. Yeah, because I haven't been. That's, yeah, I will give that another shot because I have gone into meditation and sat with her and said, just tell me what you want. Just tell me what you want. And I I get nothing. And I think, oh, and I thought, well, maybe I'm just, there's something in me that's not, that's resistant, you know? Yeah, and also, I would check the food. I would make sure that she has the kind of food that she needs. I'd make sure that she's on probiotics so that her digestive system and everything's working correctly so there's no mm-hmm. physical issue to it. And she simply may be protesting. She doesn't like the litter. She doesn't like the way it smells. She doesn't want to go in the same place again after she's already gone there. She's got her own She's got her reasons. Well, and God bless, I mean, I'm grateful that that's all she's doing because at least she's using the litter box for urination. And that's huge Good. because you can't get that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really grateful for that, you know. I mean, that's huge. So, yeah. But I know that, you know, you can speak with, you can communicate with other animals. And I think for people who have pets and, and pet issues that come up, it is just a matter of going into meditation and sitting with them and, and really being with them. That's the start of how it all works. Is that correct? It is the start of how it all works. It's it's being able to put our entire focus on the animal so that our concentration is so complete that our love for them is all there is. Now, whether I'm working with a tiger or a ferret or a parrot or a rabbit, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what anybody brings me. I'm not connecting to the outside form, the edges of things. I'm not judging it the way we've been taught to judge it. Like, oh, this is ugly or, oh, I'm afraid of those. I don't allow any of that to enter my consciousness. I'm looking at the God within it, the God that Mm -hmm. created all these animals, that consciousness that is in and is the same in everything. 
So we're looking at not what's different about you and your animal, but what's the same. That they're thinking, they get frustrated, they get lonely, they have they think about the past, they think about the future. You know, I just did a reading for a dog who mourned her whole life that she wasn't allowed to have puppies. And I'm not mm. saying that we should allow them to do that because there's so many in the shelters, especially in New Jersey where I worked with a pit bull shelter in New Jersey. But to simply see their point of view and to say, I'm sorry, and to try to make some sort of substitute so that the, this motherly dog gets to mother something, even if she would go out and get her five little stuffed dogs that look like mm. they could have been her puppies. Yeah. Or she has cats to care for, or she has a different kind of nurturing job. Maybe she's going to do pet-assisted therapy with kids. She. But to to look at the animal and say, okay, who are they and what do they need? Not what I want them to do or who what right. I think they should be, but who they are. And I, I work now my – I've got Olympic show horses that just won the Longjing Global Championship Tour. I mean, it's a global gold medal. And mm-hmm. on the one hand – I don't try to make them do anything. I flew to Vienna and I flew to um, Rome and I coached these two show horses. Both show horses are very hot and cold. So sometimes he wants to do it, sometimes he doesn't want to do it. And I actually say, how do you feel today? Do you want to go out there and win this one? Because if you just fly like the Pegasus that you are, and you show this world that you are God's perfection in the form of a horse, that you are the most beautiful, radiant, supernatural being that ever lived? Do you want to go out there and make everybody scream and dance to your heart's content and just ace every jump? And he did it. He won the gold. But the female, I did the same, praying with her, going into the stall, taking music, demanding that the jockey meditate with the horse before she goes out, defending the horse against all the other distractions in the show, because people would come in, you wouldn't believe. You've got the most beautiful horses in the world, and you've got people with power tools outside their stalls, or blowing cigarette smoke in their faces. It's crazy. And just to defend them and say, listen, I know you just drove five hours, across Europe or they get flown all over the world just to have some compassion and say he needs a nap now She need, we're going to rest then we're going to meditate together then we're going to have some beautiful music to get her ramped up then we're going to have some sugar and give her lots of bananas well one of them she went up there and she won the silver mm-hmm. we had the goal <laughs> the last yep. second a big male stallion beat us but Another show, and this is my point, a couple of days later, she had another one, and I said, you know what? She didn't want to do it. She's tired. She's cranky. She wants to go home. Now, the jockey, unfortunately, didn't listen to me, forced the horse to do it anyway, because in her mind, her ego's kicked in, and she's thinking, well, mm. we traveled all this way, you know, I have to prove something, you know, that I can do this. She went out there and just randomly kicked down, <laughs> just kicked down as many as she could up the jumps. Just, And if we listen to the animal, we give them what they want. They're going to give us what we want. It's, it's, it's a reciprocal relationship. Sure, like people. Yeah. No, it's no different. Yeah, you know, they deserve to be treated with respect. You know, I mean, just like anybody else, if you treat somebody with respect, they'll be more amenable to you and and do more of what you want them to do than if you treat them, you know, cigarette smoke in their face and and bothering them all the time. That's not that's right. not friendly. That's not nice. It's not nice. And look how how many people bother their dogs all the time. Hmm. And their cats, when the cats are sleeping, instead of coming in and saying, I'm sorry, I woke you up. 
What right. can I do to make right. to let you have a, a beautiful night tonight? What can I do to help you have a wonderful day today? And you do have a lot of those people in New Jersey because I met some of them. Hmm. It, 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 you know, I want to go back to when you said you started this when you were in your 20s. So when you first started this process, how did you know that you were indeed communicating with the animals? Didn't you ever wonder if you were making it up or imagining no, that no, they were talking it, to you? It was impossible because when I first met Beatrice Lidecker, and again, this first book was called Straight from the Horse's Mouth, and it got published in New York City. So I was I was on that coast. I love the East Coast. But when I took my very loudmouth, cantankerous cat, I had a very naughty kitten. That oh, you got too. Me kicked out of, oh, yeah. I got me kicked out of one apartment building, was about to get me kicked out of another oh. apartment building because he wouldn't stop howling at the top of his lungs. So I took him to see Beatrice Lidecker, who was at that time driving from one veterinarian's office to another in a big truck full of dogs, solving the problems that the vets couldn't solve. So I thought, all right, I have nothing to lose. My vet recommended this woman. And okay. when I took the cat, I took him in to see her, and I'm going to summarize this for you, but I'll give you the most dramatic case. She said, I'm asking him his favorite place to sleep, and it's on the back of a peach-colored armchair, and it's in your den, and it's covered in big white flowers. And to the right of it is a big bay window, and across the street is a wooden fence, and behind that wooden fence is a little white dog, and he goes over there and makes that dog bark. <laughs> well, I had a little terrier that-, that I I would walk past and across the street. How many people have a peach-colored couch with big white flowers yeah. on it? The cat would sit on the back of that couch. That was his favorite place. All right, she went on to to repeat things that had been said to him the day before. Now, when I do readings now, things happen like I give you a for instance. I, I've got clients all over the world, so they email me photos of their animals. And now I'm building a massive online school. So for everybody listening, the website is called languageofmiraclesinstitute.com. If you go to that site and sign up for our subscription, I'm going to have daily lessons, daily meditations, lots of different prices so you can come in and buy just a little bit or you can buy a whole year. And we're going to put all of my instruction on camera so you can just see it from your own home whenever you want but when I do readings now I had somebody in Germany send me a picture of her cat and she said who is he with now because the cat passed away and the cat didn't say I'm with her grandfather the cat said I'm with her great great grandfather I said Ooh. really yeah. I said, what's, his, what's her great-great-grandfather's name? And it went from John starts with a J to Johan. Wow. And the cat told me that her family on the other side, she was with a woman who had lost a baby in a very tragic way in a war. And they're going on into detail, telling me, you know, showing me the other people on the other side, friends of the family, Names, and you'd be amazed how many of my students get names. Names of illnesses, names of streets, names of people, names of other animals at home. If you get names, it's absolutely undeniable. And when that woman wrote me back and she said, my great-grandfather's name is Johan, and my (laughs) grandmother had to give up her baby in the war Wow. That's how you know that's how you know you're not making it up. Sure, that's the validation. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. And when you start in the beginning, you always question. In the beginning, you're thinking, gosh, you know, is this my imagination? Because it kind of is. Your intuition uses your imagination 
to get the thoughts and the words and the pictures in your mind that you can recognize, that you can say, yes, the dog is showing me a chicken sausage. You know, yes, I hear the word Olivia and I'm seeing a five-year-old little girl. This, the imagination is part of our equipment. Over time, the more you practice, it's as different as turning on a radio and hearing a song on a radio. Well, I'm not making that up. If I go out in my car and I turn on my Christmas, Christmas in Christian music, Mm-hmm. I know I'm not making that up because I may right. sing along, but I'm not manufacturing that. Now, that's what's happening. The information from the animals has a voice. And the more you practice, the quieter you get, the louder it gets. Well, just like anything, I mean, and even it's like a muscle that you need to flex. If you practice, if you flex the muscle, you're going to increase your abilities. That's right. And it's a talent no different from being able to play the piano or draw or play football. It's a talent. Mm -hmm. But we all have that talent. You know what I mean? It's it's not that everybody's going to be Mozart, but everybody can sit at a piano and learn how to play scales. Everybody can learn to read music. It's going to be hard for some people, but we can learn how to draw. It'll be easier for some people than others, but it's an art form. It's, it's true. No, I, no I live in a, you know the music. It's like music, right? And it and it it has that same uh, depth to it as well. I live in a very rural part of New Jersey, of course. I mean, there's black bears, there's deer, there's you know uh, we've got everything here. Minks, um, all kinds of things oh. are, are running around here, and and. I go outside, and I know that they were here first, so I allow them to do whatever they want. But I will go outside when the deer are in the front, and I will say to them, you know, you know better. The front is for me. The back is for you. Now go out back. And they literally, and my husband looks at me and says, I don't understand. They, they do what you say. Or when the geese come too far up from the lake, I'll say, oh, you're beyond the point of return. I can't rake that much poop. You've got to go back. And they turn around and go back. And, you know, I, people will ask me, how come they don't eat the things in your yard? And I'll say, because I ask them not to. And they just look at me like I'm out of my mind. But I treat them with respect because they're animals. They were here first. I'm taking from them. You know, this was what they were walking around and what, what they lived off of. And then I went and put a house on it. And so what is that? And I'll never forget one day a turtle, this huge turtle, was walking down the property toward the house and I'm going go to the right go to the right go to the right and it wasn't going to the right or the left and all of a sudden it stopped and it looked up at the house and I went oh you poor thing if you went the other way you know if you just looked ahead you would have seen it was kind of funny but it's really interesting to watch these animals they lay turtle eggs in my yard they every year and I I kind of watch that the other animals the coyotes aren't digging them up because they will tend to do that you know but I'm noticing too that they're acting differently, and I'm wondering if you can speak to this. Do you think that the way the world is right now and everybody's stressed, everybody's anxious, everybody's completely, you know, out there, do you, are you finding that animals are getting just as stressed and emotionally distraught as humans are now than in years past? Well, if they live with human beings, they're going to mirror all of the human emotion. They're going to absorb it all. I mean, to the extent that they even can become sick. A lot of yeah. what I've been working with in the last few years is that the animal, the cat has colitis or stomach problems. The dog has hot spots. He's tearing up his arms. I mean, allergies are the most obvious, but so mm-hmm. are digestive disorders, all sorts of behavior disorders, nervous disorders, hysterical barking. And they're mirroring the energy of the owner. And the true alpha means calm, confident, and in charge. So when I'm hearing you say, I talk to the deer, and I'm, I know that you're coming from that deep soul place, which is calm, confident, and in charge. Please don't come into this yard. This is where you belong. This is where you don't belong. Because... Mm-hmm. You're shepherding them. Your energy is that you're there to help them. And they know that. Oh, they do. 
that loving, they motherly do. guidance. Yeah. And they uh, say, gosh, thank you for helping us. Thank you for bothering to try to talk to us and to help us. Well, because- I will tell you one thing that was really amazing. There was a deer, and she had her baby, and she parked her. You know how they park their babies for safety. And the baby was parked over on the side of my driveway in a wooded area, and the guys came to mow the lawn. And I went out and sat on the driveway, and I just kept looking down at the baby saying, you know, it's okay, don't worry, I know it's loud, I'm, you know, I'm trying to, they're going to be done soon. I didn't touch her baby. And I saw her in the field, and she kept, like, stomping her foot, and, and I kept calling to her saying, it's okay, nothing's going to happen to your baby, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. And they finished doing the yard, and I sat there for like five more minutes, and I said, okay, the, the sound just stopped, and you just stay here. You're a good baby because your mama parked you here, you know. And I went in the house, and I came in the house, and I'm sitting in my office, and I see something go by my window, and I'm like, oh, somebody coming to the door. I don't need anybody coming to the door. I like animals. I'm not that much of a fan of people. So I get up, and I go to the front door, and I open it up, and there's the deer, the mother deer, and there's the baby with her. And I swear to God, this is what she did. She looked at me, she put her right paw, like, uh, or foot out, and she, like, bowed down. And I looked at her, and I started to cry, and I said, you're welcome. I just said, you're welcome. What are you going to do? That was so cool. It was really cool. It was really cool. Yeah. And the the problem with these moments is you can't film them because you're busy being in them. And if you were filming them, they probably wouldn't happen. I, well, I have a squirrel and who likes to come into the living room. <laughs> in the living room? Oh, my goodness. If I leave the door open, she'll come marching in, stand on two feet, put her hands on her hips and say, where's my nuts? Oh. And if I pull out the camera, she'll run, you know? So I never get it. I can never get it on camera. But where, where, you know, kids, and over the generations, how did we get just so disconnected? Because you'll hear these stories of our grandparents and great-grandparents where they knew all this already. Yeah. I've heard of cow- yep. cowboys in Texas. I've taught in Texas, and I thought, oh, man, I'm in for it. I gave the ministry at a unity church in Texas, and I'll never forget this because I'm a Texan, but I wasn't expecting to get their support. Some old cowboy came off the aisle, and I thought, oh, boy, he's going to let me have it. This was right after I'm saying, we're not smarter than they are. We're not better than they are. They're our spiritual teachers. Who are we if we can't even hear our spiritual teachers when they're trying to talk to us? And this was before I started working with the elephants and the tigers I mean, and the whales, like mm. the real elders of the planet. This old cowboy came up to me and he said, I know you're right. And I thought, oh, my, what is this? He said, I said, how do you know? And he knew every detail of this story. And I've forgotten the exact details, but it was one of those stories, you know, like back in the winter of 67 when we had the worst blizzard we've ever had, and I had a nightmare that my favorite mare was out with her legs stuck in some barbed wire, and she'd broken her leg and she was dying. The man jumped out of the bed and went running out into the snowstorm and found the mare exactly where he dreamed that she was. And she signaled oh him, God. got the barbware off her, and saved her life. Yeah. But I know farmers that say they used to just go out and call the cows. Yeah. There's no machinery. They, you just, right. And the cows came. Because and the cows came home. Well, I know when I first moved... When I first moved to New Jersey, I was painting my back porch, and a deer came up with her babies, was running across the yard, and she kept pouncing her foot and making a whinny noise, which I didn't know they did. I had no idea they sounded like a horse when they were upset. And there I am on the ladder, and I don't like to be on a ladder, and I'm like up on the sixth rung, and I'm scared anyway, and I'm painting. And I see her, and I see she's getting upset, and her babies were with her. So I looked at her, and I said, okay, I know you were here first. You can do whatever you want. I will promise to take care of your babies all the time if you don't kill me today. <laughs> I was like, please don't kill me today. Because she could have taken the ladder out. I would have fallen, whatever. You know, they're big animals. And she took her babies and she waited a little while. I just kept painting and I, and she took her babies and left. 
And, you know, I don't know if she told the whole breed of them because we have 30 deer in the lot next to us, and they're always coming in our yard and laying in the yard. And I always tell them, it's hunting season. You better stay here because they can't shoot within this farm, (laughs) you know, close to a home. You better stay here. And these animals, I, I think, especially once I built the labyrinth, they tend to go there. It feels like a safety thing because they're in there. That has a lot of energy, and they're in there a lot. And one of the babies, the the baby deer came out one day and right behind it was a bear and I had just walked out of my basement so I opened the door and I let the deer in and I shut the door and I picked the deer up and now I'm holding a baby in my basement and I'm like what am I doing like you know and the bear stayed outside for a good 15-20 minutes and finally it went away and I waited a little while longer and I brought it out and the mom was standing there and I was like I'm not taking a kid I'm just saving its life and I put the baby deer down and it went to its mother, and she kind of looked at me, and I said, seriously, you can, you know, I, I wasn't trying to kidnap your child. I, I'm thinking, oh, my God, nobody's ever going to believe this. And she went across to the field, and just as they went across to the field, the baby turned around and took a few steps toward me, and I said, no, you have to go with your mom. And it turned around and went with its mom. And I was like, this is really cool. These animals, they know what you're saying. When you really want to communicate with them, you can. So I wonder sometimes why I can't do it with my own cat, you know. <laughs> Well, you might simply need to look at where she wants to go and put a baby diaper down there and say, all right, I understand, and you're my best friend, and I love you. So if that's where you need to go, that's where you need to go. And often what happens when we do that is stop going there. Yeah. I couldn't tell you how well it works. It's a little bit of reverse psychology with your, you know, it it does work. (laughs) Do you find that, that there are any animals, be it domestic versus wild or or species versus species, uh, that are easier to communicate with another? No. And I, first of all, the way I'm seeing the world is not in hierarchies. I'm taking away all the divisions. I'm seeing unity. Now, it's the spirit of God in that butterfly. It's the spirit of God in that frog. It's the spirit of God in that whale. It's the spirit of God in that shark. In everything. I'm con- con- exactly. I'm connecting to the part of them that is pure consciousness. And mm-hmm. I'm using the part of me that is consciousness to connect to them. So one dog might be more different to talk to than another dog. Then one dog could be different from a cheetah or a lion. Like people, exactly. I mean, look how hard it is where sometimes you'll be with probably a family member, (laughs) probably an in-law. Yes, and you have you stop yourself and go, oh my gosh, what language am I speaking? Why is yeah. it that this person doesn't understand a word I'm saying? Why is this and hard? Then, yes, you'll have other people that you meet for the first time and you just like them. Yes, you know, yep. I mean, the minute I it's heard true. your voice, I I liked you. You and I would be friends. I know that. And it's well, you're a hoot. <laughs> so are you. <laughs> I kind of like to come to your house and watch the deer and the bears all come into the labyrinth and go, hey, can we come in the kitchen and have a sandwich? Because, you know, we next time you're in, your next time now, you're in this coat, feel free to call. Hungry. But I get that. The I get that. It's, yeah, it's like, diff- it's like dealing with people. It's the same thing, you know, dysfunctional families or crazy friends or, you know, then there's the people that you're kindred spirits. You don't have to be related to them to relate to with them, you know. <laughs> it's and so very true. And you have some that don't want to talk to you. If mm-hmm. you go to England, the lambs won't speak to you. They're British. They're just really? in their own. Oh, my God. <laughs> if you go to Paris, a lot of the dogs on the street won't talk to me. Because they're Parisian, and they say, we do not touch the strangers. (laughs) I do not touch the strangers. We do not believe in any of that. You will not read my mind. And then off goes the book. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, that's funny. That is really funny. They they have the right to say no. It's not just that I can access everything just because I can. 
I have to have some manners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they can say no. Oh, my goodness. Well, I have to say, this is a very fascinating book. It really is quite an, an, a neat read. And I would tell people, because it is December 7th, and people are looking for Christmas gifts and Hanukkah gifts and whatever you're celebrating gifts and birthdays all year. But this is a great book to give to anybody you know who has a pet or really likes animals and or is out in nature. Because, you know, when you go out hiking and things, you'll see animals and you can you can like you don't even have to speak i find that if i just if i see an animal that i don't want to be around because it scares me i'll be like okay you need to go the other way i'm going to mind my own business and go this way but it's in my head i'm just saying it in my head and i keep walking and they don't bother you so there Mm -hmm. is a lot that you can learn from this book about how to communicate with animals and it's a fun it's a really fun read it's a great read it's got it's got everything. So. Cute. And the opening chapter I just want to mention is about my aunt, Rue McClanahan, who was mm-hmm. on the yes. Golden Girls, who was Blanche yes. on the Golden Girls. And I That's take why you're full responsibility. <laughs> well, I, I take, take full responsibility, responsibility for inventing that character one night, which I absolutely did. Mm-hmm. Half a bottle into champagne on sitting on her kitchen floor. And she'd, <laughs> she'd come home. I was 19 years old in Hollywood trying to make it as a dancer and staying with my Aunt Rue, and she had just gotten that job on the Golden Girls. And mm-hmm. she came home in tears because Betty White was the famous dumb blonde, and the director mm-hmm. was trying to make her a dumb blonde, and it just wasn't working. And I said, Rue, give me that script. And I looked at the script, and I said, Rue, I want you to read these lines like your panties are on fire. And she started doing every line. You know, is that the postman? I'll get it. And everything that wasn't funny became funny. But the story goes on to be very, very touching and bittersweet and magical. And it's about my being in her hospital room in ICU. A night that I arrived in New Jersey, she told me to get an apartment in Hoboken. I wanted to live out the rest of my life with my favorite aunt who was living in Manhattan. And I Mm -hmm. find out she had had a triple bypass, and five days later she had a stroke. So she was in the hospital in a coma. The doctors were telling us she'd never walk again, never talk again if she didn't move the right side of her body. So the miracle happened in the middle of the night when they let me spend that night in ICU with her. And I taped pictures of tigers all over the walls. I'd just gotten back from Africa and Thailand. And I taped pictures of lions all over the walls. And she was in a coma. Her son was a wreck. Wonderful Mark had flown up, and we both had been praying all night, doing everything we could think of. And they're saying, she can't lose the right side of her body. She'll never walk again. She'll never talk again. This is a right-handed lady who signs autographs for a living and a go-getter. She was up at six. She had just done, um, uh, she had just been on Broadway, and she was doing the, um, what is it, Wicked, which was really mm-hmm. physical, physical show. So I'll wrap this up because I know we're running out of time. She, yes. um, <laughs> nothing was working. The nurses would come in and say, Rue, can you squeeze your hand? Can you squeeze, can you move your foot? Nothing was working. And finally, I just got incredibly inspired. And I said, Rue, you're a tiger. I just climbed up onto the bed. I started screaming, you're a tiger, Rue. You're a tiger. That is not a leg. That's a paw. You're a tiger. We're going to reach back and kick that paw. Kick that leg. Kick that paw in the air. And we're going to jump up into a tree. She kicked that leg. Mm-hmm. And when I said, that's a cat's paw, Rue, you are a tiger. You're going to scratch, scratch the tree. You're going to reach out. She could move her hand only when she pretended to be a tiger. Wow. And she came out of the coma the next morning. I spent the whole night saying, when they take that thing out of your mouth, you are going to talk perfectly. Because, you know, they had an incubation tube in her. Speak perfectly, perfect language, perfect words, be able to articulate, be able to speak perfectly. And I spent all night doing that. They took that tube out of her mouth, and she could talk. 
So for everybody that out great. there that, that was an, is an animal lover and also a Golden Girls lover, and for some of you who are horror movie lovers and know me from my horror movies, because I know I've got a big mm. following in um, New Jersey, I even talk about that in this crazy book. It's a wild one. It, it is a great book. I really am going to suggest people get this, read it, give it to people. It's a great, fun book. You will learn a lot. You don't even have to have animals to, to be able to, you know, get something from this book. I can't believe we're at the top of the hour. We have a minute and, and less than a half no. um, left. So I want to Crazy. thank you for taking time to join us. Thank you so very much. Um, it's been a wonderful thank show. You, on and, of- again... It's, it's languageofmiraclesinstitute.com. And I'm about to teach a workshop in Palm Springs, and I'm about to have a lot of things available to help people learn how to communicate with their animals at home. Great. So check it out, everybody, ameliakincade.com. Go to that website. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of my listeners for tuning in. My name is T. Love. I hope we'll be back next week for another great show. Please visit my website, quantumwellness.org, or go to Soji Huggles Children's Foundation and check that out. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. I am your host, T. Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well. You know, it's not about me. It's about you and promoting whatever product you have. So, Well, thank you. And is this on the on the Internet, or did it go out live? I don't even have that It is. It goes out live, and it is on the Internet. And what I will do is send you the link tomorrow so that you can have it if you choose to listen to it or if you want to put it on your website. That's completely up to you. So I'll have all that sent to. out tomorrow. And I'll go to, uh, let's see, Goodreads and Amazon a little bit later and do a review so that you have that on the site as well. Um, you know, awesome. write a review for that. And I thank you so much for taking time to be here. It was fun. It was really fun. I liked it. <laughs> it was great. I wish I'd known you when I lived in New Jersey. I had a a very difficult year there. And mm. I love the East Coast. I just, you know, she was in the hospital yeah, New for not easy days. Though. No, yeah. it wasn't easy. I, it was the hardest winter I've ever tried to live through. Yeah. So yeah. my hat goes off to you. I, I was dragged here, so, you know, <laughs> I'm doing the best I can. But I love the fact that you do the stuff that you do with children because I run a children's foundation, and we're trying to give children just the basic necessities of life. And we just started eight months ago, so we're brand new, and I'm already thinking ahead, like, how can we get them involved in nature and being with animals? So I'm definitely going to be talking to my advisory board about this and saying, you guys, listen, this is a great book. We need to do this. We need to look at what she's doing and see if we can somehow bring it to the kids here. That would be great. So you know, I'm excited. Loop me in. You stay in touch with me, and if I can come help, I will. Okay, I don't have great. anything That's on the East Coast. I'd love to come work with your kids. And we great. dance as animals. We draw animals. We draw power from animals. If you have little abused kids and you say, what animal would you be if you could be anything? And I've done it with so many of my students. One guy said he'd be an eagle. And he mm. was very abused and couldn't stand to be in the same room with his mother, his new mother. His father married, married again. So mm. He came up in front of the whole class and he pretended to be an eagle. And you yep. could see this guy's body change when he put his wings out and started sure, flying. And I, said, I said, now she's in the room. How do you feel now? He said, fine. I'm fine. Yep. Yep. And we That's can great. use such a good tool. animals as tools to heal children. And I'm very interested in doing some stuff in America. Well, so oh, my God, I'd I'm be, so glad you said that. When I'd I built this board. organization, yeah, when I built this organization, my attorney said, well, what about going international? Do you think you'll do that? And I said, oh, yeah, definitely. It will be when every kid in this country is taken care of, is has clothing and has food and is immensely loved. How's that? I'll be long dead, but that's when it will happen, okay? And he just looked at me and I said, seriously, charity begins at home and I'm a little sick and tired of everything going outside. So it's here. We start here. 
And he's like, okay. I'd love to start here as well. Now, see, my whole thing is trying to save some of the endangered species from getting poached. And that's why I work with the kids that could grow up to be ivory poachers or work on canned lion farms because that's about species and endangerment. But well, that's global. It affects everyone. Yes. Yeah, we're about, yeah. We're about to I, lose we'll our have to tigers. figure this out. Yeah, we'll have to figure something out. I definitely will be in touch. I've got a lot on my plate right now as far as raising money at the end of the year for this organization. But come January, we'll be putting out ideas. So I will definitely be in touch. That would be great. What's it called? Thank you so much. What is it? Soji Huggles. What's the it's, it's called Soji Huggles. It's S O J I. And then hug h u g g l e s dot org. S-O-J-I, it's a little website. J i and then what? H u h as in Harry. U g g g l e s dot org. L e s. So g huggles. Okay. Yeah, it's one of Santa's tiniest elves. I've written a book, but I'm having a heck of a time getting it published because oh my God, it's so expensive. <laughs> <laughs> and every penny that comes in goes out. We do not have anybody who's salaried, stipend, or anything. Every penny that's run by volunteers. So every penny that comes in goes back out. Wow. That's Fabulous. Stay, yeah. Yeah, stay mm-hmm. in touch with me. If I can come I in will. and help, I will. Thank you so much. We will definitely be in touch. In the meantime, have a wonderful evening and a great holiday season. I wish you oh, an abundance of success in everything that you're doing. It's so wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Stay warm. Yeah, I'd say that to you, but you are. <laughs> stay cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah, you so much, cool. Amelia. Okay. You, All right, bye. You have a wonderful evening. Bye-bye.